Hey everybody, Jason Swick here. If you're new to Let Freedom Rain podcast, we want to extend a welcome. If you're a loyal listener, well then welcome back. I just wanted to take a second to update you guys on another change in the evolution of Day 6 Ranch. If you were here for Let Freedom Rain podcast, you are absolutely in the correct spot right now. However, the show's name has now changed to Day 6 Ranch podcast. There's been some small changes to the show's intro and outro, but the content will remain the same. We will continue to host some of the best in the equine industry, continue to grow with our faith-based series titled White Horse Ramuda, co-hosted by J.R. Vizane, and we will add some layers of content in the form of leadership development and the optimization of human potential, all in our pursuit to build a legacy-worthy lifestyle. Again, we cannot thank you for all that you've done to support Let Freedom Reign podcast, and we are excited to step out on faith in this new journey with Day 6 Ranch podcast, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to Day 6 Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Swick. On this show, we share testimonies from all aspects of the equine industry that will inspire you to pursue your purpose, optimize your potential, and prevail in peace. If you want to get more out of life and build your legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com to stay connected. Well, here we go as we step off on our new journey, Day 6 Ranch Podcast. As mentioned before, we will continue to provide some of the best guests out of the equine industry, continue to grow through our faith-based series, and now add some more to our leadership and human optimization component through testimony shared from some of the world's most incredible warriors. Here in this first episode, we feature Bill Force. Now, it's incredible to think, as we started Let Freedom Reign Podcast several years ago, Jeremy Sfietzer was featured as guest number one on that show. Well, lo and behold, a few years back, Jeremy introduced us to Bill Force while attending the American Military Celebration at NRS Ranch. Over the years, Bill and I have continued to grow our relationship and most recently worked on a project together titled Horses and Heroes, where we worked in conjunction with the India 68 Foundation, Veterans Point, and Victory Therapy Center in Roanoke, Texas, to introduce warriors to the equine industry. Bill has an incredible servant's heart, and as this show unfolds, you will see the value in his 22-year career with the Marine Corps, in addition to his 17 years in law enforcement, have developed an incredible ability to lead and serve his peers. Bill currently sits on the board of directors for the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to supporting America's military, first responders, and their families by providing life-changing experiences through Western lifestyle events. And in the pursuit of Day 6 Ranch to provide opportunities through the Western industry for our world's warriors to pursue purpose, optimize potential, and prevail in peace, I thought there was no better guest than Mr. Bill Force to be featured in the start of Day 6 Ranch podcast and mark such a momentous chapter in our journey. We hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is our conversation with Bill Force. Well, Mr. Bill Force, thank you so much for being episode number one here at the new Day 6 Ranch podcast. Uh, we cannot thank you enough for setting some time aside and looking forward to getting to know you a little bit more and in greater detail and understand how the horse has positively influenced your life. But uh, what's been new for you around your place? Well, first, uh, good morning, Jason. It's great to talk to you again and look forward to seeing you again in person. And it's my pleasure and certainly an honor to, to be part of, of this program. What's new? Well, boy, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. 
Uh, most recently, you know, as we've talked before, I, I serve on the board of directors for the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation, part of Charlie Crawford's program, and board meeting this morning as we get ready for our big event, the American Hero Celebration with Charlie Crawford, which will be that uh, week of uh, November 7th through the 11th. So exciting times for us now as we, as we put all the pieces of that puzzle together. I can only imagine the logistics that goes into squaring that away. And I'm sure as this conversation builds out, we'll, we'll go into that, that opportunity in greater detail because, yes, we have participants lined up for the American Hero Celebration, but there's still opportunities to serve uh, within that event. And maybe we'll discuss some of that as we, as we move on. Sounds good. But Bill, as we make these small changes, right, we had let Freedom Rain podcast for several years and we're transitioning into the Day 6 Ranch brand and kind of getting everything aligned there. We wanted to make sure that the, the show stays true to its equine roots and how the horse has influenced people in a positive direction. But we also want to start sharing some more testimony of the world's warriors, right? And some of the challenges and the hurdles that are faced, not only while you have your right hand raised, but coming uh, full circle life after our oath and the longevity of our lives and the health of our lives beyond our service careers. So let's start with a little bit of your history because you pretty much touch all the bases and, <laughs> and obviously that's why you're a phenomenal candidate for episode number one. So uh, let's start with some of your history. We know the servant's heart is deeply rooted in your soul and your being and uh, we'll move on from there. Well, that sounds great. So we'll, we'll start, uh, I guess we'll try the Reader's Digest version of this. Let's <laughs> see what comes much. of it. Too much detail. You know, when I when I went to college, I, I had no idea that I was going to take the path that, that I've taken in life. I, I thought for sure that I would be a professional tennis player and that that would be my course. And of course, that uh, was a lot of fun while I was in school, but it, it didn't it didn't uh, show itself to be in a very positive light <laughs> once I graduated. And so, of course, the, if you if you can't do that, then the, the natural thing to do is to go into the Marine Corps. That's right. So, that's a natural progression. It is, absolutely. <laughs> so that's what I did. I, uh, I went into the Marine Corps and went through officer candidate school, went to flight school in Pensacola, and became a helicopter pilot uh, on active duty. I flew Cobras. And then my, my undergraduate degree was actually in criminology. And so I made the decision that uh, during active duty that I was going to transition uh, to a civilian law enforcement career and at the same time have a parallel career staying in the Marine Corps on the reserve side, mm -hmm. which is what I did. Mm -hmm. So I, I started out with Baltimore City Police. I went through their academy and I was assigned to the aviation unit there flying. At the same time, I was in... Uh, I joined HMH 772, which is the CH-53 squadron on the reserve side. After a few years of that, uh, I decided that OCS and the police academy weren't enough and I needed another one. So I, <laughs> I, went, to, I, I went to Maryland State Police and went through their academy, of course, and then became a state trooper and assigned once again uh, aviation there and stayed in the reserve side. And that continued on, and so I'm very fortunate today to collect you know, two retirements. I stayed in the Marine Corps for, for 22 and a half years, and then I, I left the state police and moved to, to Texas and uh, joined Eurocopter as a test pilot. I was very fortunate to get selected to go through uh, test pilot school, uh, National Test Pilot School in Mojave, California. 
And so I spent some time there. And then uh, at the same time, I was involved with a program that was post 9-11 that uh, provides armed security aboard aircraft going in and out of Washington, D.C. And uh, I still do that today. Uh, and then about 13 years ago, you know, I, can't, I, I felt that, you know, life wasn't, you know, life wasn't over. I was, you know, post, post Marine Corps and, mm-hmm. and post law enforcement. Uh, I thought, you know, there's, there's, there's still more to do. There's more to accomplish. There's more to. And so I decided that I was going to do a give back, you know, my version of a give back program to law enforcement. And many law enforcement agencies, if not most, do not have canine units that specialize in scent-specific trailing. And so I, I joined a, a search and rescue team, and I acquired that, that skill. I was taught by some very, very high-quality folks and well-regarded worldwide in, in the industry. And the, the fast-forward on that, I'm on my second bloodhound now, and when law enforcement agencies call – for a missing person, and that can be a, a child, it can be you know, an elderly, Alzheimer's, uh, it can be, you know, law enforcement needs, uh, you know, a criminal activity kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then my, you know, me and my dog respond to that. And as long as we have a scent article and some place to start, then we, we trail those, those individuals. So that still goes on today. And I consider that uh, kind of to be my give back to law enforcement for what for me, we're very successful careers, both on the military and the law enforcement side. So that's the, that's the quick version. You, uh, you kind of represent the anomaly. To say you're a glutton for punishment might be an understatement to put yourself through so many different forms of academies and basic trainings and schools. And I mean, expand on this whole test pilot thing. Like your job is literally to go out and make sure aircraft flies, how it's engineered well, and, and developed. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the term. The term "test" is, is a little bit aggressive sometimes. So when you when you go through flight test, there there's actually two different types of that. There's the initial vehicle, so you're flying something that's never been done before, uh, and then there's there's maintenance test, flight testing, and then there's also when you add equipment to aircraft. You know, if you want to put a FLIR on board, or you're going to put mm-hmm. a night sign, or you're going to put a new radar, whatever it is. When you're adding things into aircraft, they all go through a, a protocol of, of flight testing to determine that, you know, this, that the handling characteristics, performance characteristics, all are still, uh, you know, met safely. So as part of what was then Eurocopter, it's, it's now called Airbus Helicopters, that's who I was, was involved with, I primarily uh, did new components on aircraft. I, I was not first, they call it first article testing when you fly a, an aircraft for the first time. That's not what I did. But I, I was involved in, you know, maintenance production flight testing as well as uh, when we added different equipment onto aircraft. Interesting. So was there a, was there a wide gamut of, uh, I presume, the rotor wing aircraft that you flew? Uh, there were. I and when I retired from flying, which was about five and a half years ago, I had uh, 46 different variants of helicopters in my logbook. Wow. That is absolutely incredible. So <laughs> the, <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy just, I mean, I've obviously worked the streets and having uh, air support overhead 
is highly advantageous to a lot of operations, especially when we're doing large area searches or kind of more high risk operations. But to have the experience not only on the law enforcement side, but on the military side as well. I mean, I could only imagine some of the experiences that you had in your career um, supporting some of those ground missions and ground operations. Well, they've been great. I mean, I, I look back on it and I, I feel like I never had to work. You know, it wasn't a job. Yeah, yeah. I, no matter what I've done, it's always been, you know, enjoyable and, uh, you know, look forward to, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I say many times that, you know, I've had difficult days, obviously, as, as you, you know, oh, when, you're in yeah. the, when you're in these fields, we have difficult days, but I, I didn't have bad days. Mm-hmm. You know, days mm-hmm. were tough, Yeah, but I, you know, I, di- I didn't have a day where I said, I can't do this thing. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of how I, how I view it. It's a very blessed and fortunate career, to be honest, because it's not a very common experience for most, right? There's a, usually sometimes, there's usually hurdles that are, that are seemingly insurmountable and uh, drives people in all different directions. That's absolutely true. And you, you know, you, you've been in the same field that I have. So everybody reacts to things in different ways. And I think it's important to, to recognize that. And then, you know, how do we handle the, the stressors? How do we handle the, you know, the days that are not as good as other days and so forth? And that's really what defines, I think, the successful individual, successful career uh, as you go forward. Yeah, it's trying to stay trying to stay at an even keel, right? Don't let the highs get it too is. high. Don't get the lows to get too low. Exactly. Yeah, I actually learned that. I learned that playing tennis. I, uh, I made my my hero when I was playing it was Bjorn Borg, and so he was you know he nicknamed the Ice Man because he showed no emotion. <laughs> he made a great shot. He'd have the same emotion as if he missed a shot, and I yeah. I kind of. You know, subconsciously, I guess I patterned myself after that and tried to carry that through. Yeah, you know, pretty much everything uh, th- that I've done. So it is a challenge because uh, I completely believe that you know if you keep that even keel, it helps with the longevity of the career. It helps with your the effectiveness in, in which you are as an asset. But uh, quite it oftentimes, does. And, then, and then the other, you know, with all the the adverse things that we come across in these careers, we. You know, the, what I've also thought about is, you know, I'm not part of the problem. Uh, I'm part of, you know, I try to be part of the solution. Yeah. So that's, you don't dwell on the, the negative things that you see and are exposed to. Rather, you you take uh, solace or you, you appreciate the, the fact that you're able to participate uh, and, and resolve problems either, yeah. you know, to, to whatever degree they're going to be resolved. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, when, when did the horse get introduced in your life? Well, when I was, when I was in Maryland, I I developed an interest and I don't really, I can't put my finger on the exact, (laughs) the exact moment, you know, Mm -hmm. growing up, I was in a rural area and, uh, you know, we rode ponies and, you know, that kind of thing, but I was never really involved with, um, you know, owning horses or being involved with that. But then when we moved, um, when I left the state police and we moved to Texas, it kind of evolved very rapidly. Uh, we have four daughters and three of them got involved in horses very early. One of them still to this day is, uh, you know, I say she rides seven days a week and I, I swear sometimes it's probably eight. Uh, so, <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, it's, it's great. It, it's what a relationship it, it's forged as well. But 
so I would say that, you know, with getting my kids involved and, and play days and those kind of things, it, it became natural progression where I, I kind of you know, got more interested and realized that I, you know, probably had uh, a little bit of um, the ability to, you know, to ride successfully. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it, it started when I moved to Texas. So, you know, I hadn't really, I hadn't really ridden before I was you know, 40 years old. So. Really? In your pursuit with the horses, obviously team roping is a big part of your life now. And the most value that I thought you would bring to this show is we talk about identity a lot. And when I do a lot of speaking engagements, especially in the law enforcement warrior community, uh, that, that's a very frequent request that I get is to speak on the, the topic of identity. Now, looking back at your career, you've carried a lot of substantial titles, right? not only U.S. Marine, but an aviator. You worked in law enforcement, not only within law enforcement, you worked at a big city PD, you worked at a state patrol, right, or a state trooper's office. Again, an aviator. Um, Within the law enforcement realm, you carry the title as a canine handler. So the big struggle that I see with a lot of of warriors is that they overinvest in that identity and then when that identity is pulled from them right you hang your kit for the last time you hang your gun belt for the last time or it's your last dog deployment right what do you then so as you've progressed through your career carrying these i'm going to call them these heavy weighted identities how have you managed to come off of those and and maintain that level playing field with your identity and who you are well the first thing is i I haven't give a, given a lot of credence to the actual title itself. And I'm, I'm much more, you know, I've always said, you know, I'm, I'm a more of an operational guy than I am an ideas, you know, kind of mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. The titles are there and the titles are great and the rank is great, uh, especially for retirement. But, if the, <laughs> but uh, I think, I think that the pursuit of the activity and you know what you put into it, and what you get back out of it, and what you and when the, it provides to others, is really how how you keep that that field level. Again, we could kind of go back to the you know, and in some cases, you know, don't don't get too high on the highs and don't mm-hmm. get too low on the mm-hmm. lows. You, you want to maintain that that you know, try to maintain some level of even keel. And uh, you know, for me, that you know, horses do that. I yeah. mean, they're. It, they don't really care about what rank I was in the Marine Corps, or, you know, how many aircraft I flew there. They've really never expressed an interest in that. So, <laughs> Shockingly. You know, so that, that kind of keeps you, I, I think it puts it all in, kind of puts it in perspective. When, when I have, you know, friends over here and these guys are, you know, from different branches of the service and different ranks uh, and different, you know, MOSs, you know, the things they've done it's the horses don't care and we don't care. It's no longer, you know, Hey, Colonel or, you know, corporal or anything else. It's, it's, um, Hey, let's, let's go ride. Let's, let's have a good time. Let's enjoy, let's learn, you know, from each other. Let's learn from the horse, you know, let's improve our horsemanship, which then improves, you know, this relationship we have, it improves everything. I mean, your disposition on life, you can you can have a day where you're not feeling very good, and you get on this horse, and all of a sudden, you know, hey, things things don't look so bad. Things yeah, it starts to put things in perspective. Better. So I think that's you know that's a long answer to your short question, but 
I, you just try to, again, I don't, t- titles don't do much. I mean, the title's there. It has to be because that's the way we're structured as a society. But, but really what matters is, is what you do, how you do it, how you impact others. So. Yeah, I think finding success in that identity is, I mean, it's a very complex system and it's very unique to each individual because, I mean, there's a difference in cultures between the different branches in military, different agencies, and whether it be law enforcement, the fire business, you work at a hospital, things of that sort. So because the dynamics are so unique and there's so many different variables, I just like to pick individuals' brains, especially individuals who have found success in managing identity, pick their brains and gain their insight because... You know, to some, and I'm sure you've come across a few people like this, to some identity is everything. That title, what goes on that business card or the, the acronym that goes after their name is everything in their life. And they sacrifice a lot in the form of relationships, their family, their friends, uh, because they're chasing a title. So I think it's a refreshing approach to hear that, not to say that titles are vain, right? But it's the service that makes you who you are, not necessarily the title that, that precedes it. I, I think that's true. You know, I mean, I'd like to be, you know, at some point remembered for the, the impact that I've made, hopefully a positive on lives as opposed to just, you know, Hey, this was a, you know, retired, you know, Lieutenant Colonel thing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's more what, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. So let's develop then uh, the opportunities that you're creating and the programs that you're involved in through the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. Sure. So Liberty and Loyalty Foundation, which, which is a new name, the, the, the organization formally started four years ago under the name of the American Military Celebration with Charlie Crawford. And we, we felt the need to change that we, as we included first responders, and we found ourselves Every time we told the name, we had to then explain that, well, this also includes, you know, fire, police, search and rescue, you know, mm-hmm. and so forth. And so we came up with a, with a name change. But it's the 501c3. And the, the way that I got involved was, again, four years ago, I went to it uh, for its initial uh, inception and participated in it and, and liked it and was talking to Charlie afterward. And I, I said, well, Charlie, what do you you know, tell me what you want to do with this. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm impressed with what you've done. Well, Charlie, and we'll back up a little bit. So Charlie and his wife, Jackie, and of course, Jackie's a you know, 20 time world champion on the women's pro rodeo side. They, about 15 years ago, they, they bought four service members dinner anonymously. And then afterwards thought, you know, there's, there's gotta be more. And so Charlie started hosting uh, military veterans at his home in Stephenville, and they'd just come and they'd cook steaks and have a couple of beers and, and rope. And then that morphed into the American military celebration. So four years ago, Char- was Charlie's last year of competing. He made the NFR uh, for the, the 10th and final time. And he said, I want, he told me, uh, he said, I, I, want, I want this to be my legacy. You know, I want to help those that have made it possible for, you know, people like him and his wife, Jackie, to be able to, you know, carry on the lifestyle and the, you know, the way that and such that they have. So I introduced him to, to some folks that, that could, you know, help him financially. And, and so now we have Hillwood Land and Cattle Company as the, as the sponsor 
mm-hmm. for our big event in November. And of course, the Hillwood Land and Cattle Company is Ross Perot Jr. So that's a that's a really nice or great organization, great people, and have have brought a lot to the table in the growth of this. So we the program itself starts, as I mentioned earlier, starts this year on the 7th of November, goes to the 11th. And I'll just kind of give you the quick rundown of, of how we're going to do this. We'll, we'll bring, we have a clinic and we've selected eight headers and eight healers, all of which are active duty or veterans or, or first responders, either current or former. And they've been selected by a, a, a committee within our organization and they'll come in on the 7th. We'll do a meet and greet, a big dinner. And then this will be at NRS facility in Decatur, National Roper Supply. And then we will have a two-day clinic. And that will be on the 8th and the 9th. It'll be at the indoor facility there at NRS. And it's a free clinic. So these, these eight are, or correction, these, these eight headers, eight healers, 16 total, come in from around the country. And they'll get two days of instruction. The headers will be with Charlie. And then the healers will be with Trey Johnson. And, and Trey, of course, is you know a pro healer and just an outstanding individual. He has, you know, he has his own ministry, and he. So part of this two days, there'll there'll be some witnessing and some ministering going on during this time frame as well. We'll have dinners that evening uh, during the clinic, and then we'll when the clinic is over and that. We'll have a roping for just those that are in the clinic, and we'll have you know champion header, a champion healer, and then we'll have a most improved, and it's a, it's a lot of fun for these guys. And then we'll we'll have a ranch rodeo that last night, and this is open to all military and first responders. It'll be four man teams. It'll be a, a sorting event, and we'll take the top four teams from that, and we'll push them off to the side after after that. Then we'll go to Friday morning. And we'll have a roping that is just military and first responders. And it'll be a four-head roping. Last year, we had uh, about 200 teams. We anticipate exceeding that this year. It's grown every year. And we'll take the, again, we'll rope the first three rounds. We'll take the top 15 teams after that, and we'll hold them off to the side. Then we'll have a, um, a military first responder pro. So we'll take the, the guys that are going to, the pros will come in and we'll pair them up both on the head and the heel side. And we'll have a, a three head roping uh, at progressive after two on that, on that one. And then at the same time, we'll then we'll have an open roping and we'll take the top couple of teams from the open roping and we'll hold them off to the side. And I'll explain off to the side in a minute. Then Friday evening, so we're done with the ropings now. Now we'll go Friday evening. We go into 81 Club, which is in Fort Worth. It's part of the Billy Bob's complex. And we'll have our gala. And our gala will be uh, a dinner. This will be a silent auction, live auction, a guest speaker. We have a retired Navy Admiral coming in. And we'll have a back number ceremony. This year we're, we're going to take the top 15 teams from the um, – Friday morning roping with the military first responders, and we're going to bring them in Friday night. And then various rodeo committees from around the country are sponsoring each team as they go into their short go, which I'll explain again in a minute on Saturday. And so we'll have a back number ceremony. And at the completion of our, of our gala, 
then Saturday afternoon, then we take over the Cowtown Coliseum in the stockyards in Fort Worth. And we have what we're calling the NFR Showdown. It'll be the top 15 NFR teams that will qualify for Vegas this year. And they'll run four full rounds. They're roping for, I think we're going to put, and I'm not sure the exact number yet, money's still coming in. But it's going to be in the neighborhood of $60,000, $70,000 of added money uh, for them. Then between the first and second rounds, we're going to recognize uh, the family of a fallen police officer. And it's uh, somebody local here, and it just happened recently. It's very tragic, but we're going to honor him and, and his family. Between the second and third rounds of the pros, then we're going to take our 15 teams that we've set aside from Friday morning that we've given back numbers to Friday evening, and we're going to run them on their short ghost year. That's worth $10,000 to win it for each, the header and the healer, and then uh, about a $6,000 saddle and about a $900 buckle. And then every place you know down from there will pay accordingly. And then we will present checks between our third and fourth rounds. We'll present checks then to three different organizations that we've selected to be recipients of the money that we've raised. And so that will be Building Homes for Heroes, the Brotherhood for the Fallen, and Brotherhood from a Fallen is an organization that supports the, and I'll use their verbiage, uh, that supports the families of law enforcement officers killed violently in the line of duty. And then this year, we're bringing on another organization that we're going to contribute to called Charlie Five, and I know you're, you're very familiar with them. Yes, sir. Uh, we've, we've established a, a really strong relationship there, and we've decided this year to, to bring them on board Again, just what they've done and, and, and changing lives has been, been fantastic, and we want to be part of that. Uh, at the end, so that we've, now we've, we've handed out a lot of money, and we've, we've roped a lot of cattle. And at the very end, we'll have those four teams that I mentioned from the ranch rodeo that we put off to the side. Those four teams will come in, and they'll compete in one last go-round. And that's, again, for uh, a ten, I think it's going to be $10,000 a team, four-man team, to win that. And then this will all be broadcast on the Cowboy Channel. And uh, the Friday event will be streamed on the X Factor. So a lot going on and a lot of opportunity for guys that, that team rope to come in and participate. And tremendously, we invite everybody that – uh, you know, this is actually on Veterans Day this year. It couldn't couldn't be better. Wow! Invite everybody to come in and you know have a great time with us and, and watch watch this event uh, as it unfolds on uh, that Saturday afternoon. And what I find, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible what this event has grown to become. Right? Starts out as basically a free roping clinic in Stephenville, Texas, and now, I mean. It, to say you guys are doing it right is an understatement. And what I, what I think is so cool is that, I mean, you've had people who've progressed through the program who have very little experience in the roping world, and you've taken them under your wing, and you've built them and grown them and developed them over, over several years, and now they are contributing to the, the, the running of this operation and this well, event. That's, that's huge. And, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw out the name, you know, Greg Zeal. And Greg, yeah. Greg is part of Charlie Five. He he came in last year, and you know he had he had minimal experience. Didn't even own a horse prior to just a few months before the event. Came in from South Carolina. You know he's a retired uh, Las Vegas police officer, but he came in from South Carolina. 
And lo and behold, he's, you know, he's the most improved roper. Heck yeah. And we heard back from Greg. I mean, he was the first guy this year that we heard from that said, hey, I, I, I'd like to volunteer and help this year. So cool. That's, that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of impact we like to, you know, we like to see and we, you know, enjoy, enjoy when something like that happens. Cause, cause Greg's not the only, you know, he's not the only one there's, there's been numerous, you know, in our, our three minute elevator speech, you know, we, we say that our, our mission for Liberty and loyalty foundation is to offer potentially life changing experiences uh, in support of our military first responders and their families through exposure and participation in the Western lifestyle. Yes, so sir. That's, that's kind of where we're, where we're focused and what we, what we like to do. Well, using Greg by way of example, it speaks volumes to the culture that you guys have developed within the foundation where these service members are served on the first few experiences, right? And providing education in the team roping world and then putting them in a competition environment and they're obviously seeing the value in it and they're seeing the value in it at such a level that they're willing to come back and give their time and and really use that servant's heart of theirs right and i've found oh, it's, it's tremendous through my time in the warrior community is it the problem is that a lot of these careers bear such a burden and carry so much weight that that servant's heart is suppressed quite a bit becomes callous becomes hardened and for you guys to knock off some of that rust and, and bring the life back into these folks is just absolutely incredible. And it's a, it's almost a self-fulfilling foundation, right? You sit there and you're making efforts to serve, yet those who are served in turn return to then provide service. And uh, it's just incredible to watch the momentum grow. And you don't even know where, you can't even target a, you know, an individual, you you put it out there and you never know where it's going to hit. Yeah. You know, we, one of the other things that we do in the spring, we put on a branding and this mm-hmm. is our second year this year for doing it. And we, we invited 12 again, military and first responders. And these guys had, I think two of them had been on horses before and years really? ago. And we, we took them to a ranch and we spent the full day, you know, up with the, you know, the full branding, the whole, mm-hmm. From from getting there and the crack of dawn to saddling up and going out and rounding up these cows and separating them and tagging them, branding them and and so and you know doctoring them. We had a gentleman who came and he said, "I I can't ride my my I just I can't do it." And he watched everybody getting on and, and various ages from guys who were you know just got out of the military you know a matter of months ago to guys who you know, we're Vietnam vintage. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, he, he, said, he came over to Charlie and myself, uh, as we were getting ready to go, oh, let me try it. And of course we had, you know, we had horses there that were, uh, you know, really conducive to, to first time riders. And this gentleman hadn't been on a horse. He said in a, I think if I remember correctly, it was about 30 years, 30, 32 oh, years. Wow. Or so. And so he, he got on and when he, we watched him for a few minutes and said, all right, we're, he's, he's going to be okay. So at the end of the day, he came up to Charlie and he said, this, he goes, this has changed my life. He said, I'm not a young guy, but this has changed my life. He says, I, I can't, I can't thank you guys enough. He says, I, I did I came here not expecting to ride. I came here because I drove another guy here and I was just going to stand back and watch. And he goes, and he, he goes, you guys have changed my life. So you never know when it's, you know, where it's going to, where it's going to hit. And, uh, it's, it's fulfilling. 
Well, that's the encouragement, right? Is that we just got to stay in the fight and keep opening those doors because that's that's a very, very common response where individuals coming out of the warrior community have no expectation of riding or experiencing anything of any magnitude working around horses. But it, it seems to be very common experience that when they swing a leg and sit in a saddle for the first time, this is where we need to be. I'll tell you another quick story here because there's so many impactful things. So I've developed a friendship uh, with a, a retired army sniper and he's a, a very successful sniper, I guess is the way we'll, we'll put it. And he's a hundred percent disabled, but he's, you know, and he loves dogs. I mean, he rescues German shepherds. His life is, is that, well, he came over and we developed a friendship and I said, Tim, why don't you, why don't you, you want to get on a horse? Well, you know, I don't know, Bill. And then he, he goes, Oh, I don't know. And he started, he stood there for a bit and he, he asked me, he goes, what, what are your horse's names? I said, well, this one here is Quigley and this one over here is Preacher and you know, this one here is Dusty and this one over here is Sniper. He goes, I'll ride Sniper. <laughs> okay. So did just we just become that, best friends? <laughs> well, it's his horse now. No Nobody kidding. else rides him. So he comes over. I mean, Sniper is an older horse. And I, yeah, he's a retired roping horse that I have. But he, Tim comes over, and these guys have this bonding. So you never know. Again, you never know. Yeah. I mean, it's a horse that I would have never put him on. And mm-hmm. these two guys get along perfectly. So How just cool. because it was just that association with the name that, that triggered it for him. Yeah. And now now he's the and he's and he's well, and we can we can extend that a little further. So he came to the branding. Oh, he, cool! He he tugged at Charlie's heartstrings, and he's now an ambassador for Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. That is awesome. So there you yeah there you go. God dang cool! So yeah. so cool. I'm telling you the uh, the future is bright. It's it's exciting. The opportunities that are coming up, and we actually will get reconnected here in the next couple of weeks uh, out at Victory Therapy Center for the Horses and Heroes program. So. Well, that's another one. And, you know, I, I, you guys were gracious enough to invite me this year. And I mean, what an experience. Yeah, I mean, it, absolutely it, incredible. You know, I learned, I, learned, I learned as much and gained more probably than they do from me. So <laughs> I love it. I'll tell you, it's similar on my end. I, uh, I almost feel selfish at times because I feel like I get more out of it than they do. But it's a, a huge honor and a blessing to be rolled in with the India 6-8 Foundation and, and Veterans Point and the services that they provide through Victory Therapy Center. And uh, we're ironing out details for the next session. So if those of you listening are in the North Texas area and are wanting to get into horses on any level, this is a no experience needed type event. Um, we can get you in contact with the right folks. And Bill, kind of explain, you came out last time and, and taught team roping, which you'll be doing again in this next go around, but explain kind of some of your philosophies and the approach that you took the day that you were out and, and spending some time with us. Well, yeah. You know, I'd been out there a couple of sessions to meet the guys and girls and kind of just see what, you know, what was going on, kind of take the temperature of it. And so I had a, I kind of had a plan formulated in my mind. They've been on, they've been on horseback. And of course, you know, these are, these are folks that don't have a lot of, a lot of riding experience and to just jump into, you know, team roping right away would be huge jump, you know, probably not the wisest thing to do. So there, there's a you know a step by step progression that we can go through, and so there's a you know the Smarties is the is the company that makes some of these rope and dummies, and so I thought well, we'll bring a couple of those out there, and Top Hand Ropes was generous enough to donate uh, ropes for everybody, 
And so we kind of start at the basics on the ground. And here's, you know, there, here's a rope. It's a, it's a real rope and rope. It's not something that you can buy at Home Depot or Lowe's. And uh, it, it, it's, it's a specific, you know, a specific purpose. And here's the parts of it. And here's how we hold it. And then, you know, we kind of built that up and we went to the point where and now we're going to rope these, these smarties on the ground. So we're standing there and, and you're roping the, these things that are pla- basically plastic steers. And then one of my horses was kind enough to stand still and not move a muscle. <laughs> the and whole so, time, literally. <laughs> you know, the whole time, right? And so everybody, everybody, uh, even including one gentleman who said that he could not get on a horse. And yep. he did. Yep. Uh, everybody got on that horse and everybody roped that dummy. And I, I, there were a lot of smiles. So I, I have to assume that it was, it was successful, but that was, that's my approach was to let's, let's, let's go outside your, your comfort zone. Yep. But, but let's not put you in a situation that's on, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Where you feel threatened or anything. So, and we'll take that step by step. And I guarantee you that if we had, if if we had shown up and just said, "All right, get on this horse," it, it wouldn't have gone so well. No, not in the slightest. But that was that was my approach to how how we introduced this. And then, you know, the the offers extended from there. That if you if you if this is a discipline that appeals to you that you would want to pursue, perhaps then, you know, let's talk further. And there are yeah. ways to do that as well. Yeah. So. And I, I got a kick out of the guys there, a couple of the guys there. I mean, they go from their very first time ever touching a rope in the team roping realm. And by the end of the session, I mean, guys are bantering each other and trying to set up all these crazy shots and, and seeing who can make the most oh, catches yeah. in a row. And it was just funny to yeah. see the competitive nature come out, the fun come out, the friendly banter. It was a, it was a great time. It really was a great time. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the interesting things we see in the, in the warrior community and we'll include, you know, all the first responders there too, is that the competitive nature. Oh yeah. It'll rear its head. It takes over (laughs) and and it, well, it's a, I think it's great because all, all the inhibitions and the concerns and, you know, I, you know, I'm hurt, you know, I can't, there's a reason why I physically can't do it. Well, well, actually there isn't. And, and so they learn this and you you don't, you don't have to tell them They, they learn it on their own. Yeah. It's one thing. I mean, especially uh, we've seen in working with several of the veterans out there is that the the world tells them they can't because of injury or or some grade of disability. Right. And uh, I think it's our job to tell them, no, that you can and not only tell them, but show them. Well, you have to pursue. And, you know, I I learned that young. I was uh, part of the story I didn't tell you was I was coming out of college. I was also diagnosed with a uh, a kidney disease and told I would never be able to fly or be certainly be, you couldn't even be in the military. And no after, being re, after being rejected seven times, I, I did get a waiver. So you, you pursue, you don't, yeah. you know, there's no reason to take no for an answer. It's that no for an answer is temporary. Yep. You know, let's, <laughs> let's attack it from a different direction. Yep, we just got, yeah. We just got to change the angle. That's it. So that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It's awesome. Well, Bill, I cannot thank you enough. I mean, the plethora of experience that you have, not only coming out of the warrior community as an aviator and then working in law enforcement, handling dogs, things of that sort, the resume that you've developed and continue to develop in the equine industry and all that you're doing through the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. It's just, 
it's incredible to watch it all transpire and, and see that servant's heart that we talked about so many times pour out into the community because you are creating life-changing experiences through through Western opportunities. And that's obviously what we kind of align with here at Day Six Ranch. And I just can't, I can't thank you enough. I really can't. Well, it's, it's, feelings mutual, Jason. I mean, I have a lot of respect for you, obviously. And, uh, you know, the opportunity to do this and, you know, put it out there is great. I'm not somebody that advertises, you know, a lot of what, what we, what I do personally, but yeah, you know, it's to put it out there and if it impacts people and can help them or, and, and I'll put this to you as well, you know, put this out there. If, if, if folks are interested in, in talking, you know, more about liberty and loyalty or, uh, or, or my search and rescue stuff, and uh, yeah, I'd be more than happy to do that with them. My, my intent on the search and rescue side is to mentor and pass that on, you know, to the next, you know, the next generation that wants to do that. So I'm available. Uh, however, whatever, however you want to have people contact me is fine. Uh, yeah. I'm available for any of that. Should anybody be interested, obviously you can reach out to me through the day six ranch social media outlets. You can also reach us through day six ranch.com and we'll get you connected with bill as appropriate, depending on, on what your needs and desires are, whether it's a canine world or the, the team roping world. And bill, as we, as we wrap every episode, in previous versions on that Freedom Rain podcast, we would share legacy life advice, but I'm going to, I'm going to turn the sights towards resilience. So in your journey as a warrior, as an aviator, um, as a team roper and a horseman, what is a great asset or what is a great life lesson that you've learned in the form of resilience that you'd be willing to pass on to the next guy? For me, it's persistence, persistence and patience. You know, they, they go hand in hand, I think. So, you know, I came to the, I came to the team roping game and the horse game, you know, later than, than a lot of people do. And, you know, being a, a type triple a person, you want it yeah. right now. Yeah. And, and so it teaches you humility, patience, but at the same time, persistence, how do I get better? You know, how do I, how do the horse and I, you know, communicate better? How do I understand better what, what's good for them? So I think, I think just, you know, nothing, no challenge is too big. Yeah. None. Yeah. No challenge is too big. If, if you handle it, you know, it's almost like, how do you eat the elephant? You know, one bite at a time. One bite no at a time. Right. It's no challenge is too big. Just have persistence, patience, a little humility. And, uh, I think it can take you a long way. Solid advice because that, that persistence can obviously be, be driven by impatience. Right. And right. sometimes when you're not getting the desired results, that becomes panic. Well, that's the time to that's the time to go in the house, get yourself an iced tea, take a break, and then go back later. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the yeah. truth? Well, Bill, if there's anything that we can do to continue support all that you have going at the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation and any of these team roping opportunities, obviously you know how to get a hold of us. And and again, we just cannot extend a thank you enough for all that you've done and pouring into to the veteran and warrior community. Well, thank you, Jason. Again, look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. Have Bye-bye. a good one. Thanks for joining us on Day 6 Ranch Podcast. If you are looking to build a legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com and stay connected through our monthly newsletter, explore our free content, and dive into our leadership and human optimization educational opportunities. As always, subscribing to our show is a huge help, but more importantly, If a message you heard today moved you, then please share the show with just one person who may benefit from the same message. We must continue to take care of our own, so stay in the fight 
and we'll see you on the next one.